All right, there you go. Welcome to episode 156 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not too much, Andrew. How are you today? I'm good. Hey, we have a guest tonight. We do. Who's that we guest? We reached real far for this one. Mm-hmm. I had to talk to his manager a couple of times. Yeah, it took a while to get him here. It took a while to get him here. Actually, legitimately, it did. But uh, it's actually my father again, who's been here before. Good evening. Uh, good evening. Bob DeSantis. He's here to talk about fancy schmancy car shows mm-hmm. with fancy schmancy cars uh, instead of our normal go around about crappy old Mitsubishi's and Subarus. That's right. So today we talk Ferraris and Maseratis and Porsches and Volkswagens. Yeah, Volkswagens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'll be the day when a Mitsubishi is a concourse car. Was right? there any Japanese cars there this year? This year there was not. No, there has been some like really clean Absolutely. dots and 240s and stuff in the past. Yeah. So. RX-7. Your car doesn't count. No. Um, even if it wasn't the show, it wouldn't count because your car, you run the show. So, sorry. It wasn't judged. It doesn't matter. It still doesn't count. So, if you want a recap of who this man is other than my father who runs the car show we're about to talk about, um, you can go way back in the catalog to episode 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, was recorded in June of 2017. Yeah, we did a couple of Father's Day. Yeah, episodes. we had a Father's Day special with an episode with your dad, and an episode with my dad. Right, and that was the last time he was on because mm-hmm. you know we like to hide him from everybody. Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah, nobody wants me. No, but anyway, all is well, and he is here, and we are here to talk the Misslewood Concours d'Elegance, which is a concourse. Yep, in Beverly, Massachusetts. Um, in the tradition of every concourse, mm-hmm. um, and it was originally, it's kind of a spinoff of the Castle Hill Concorde d'Elegance that was here in Massachusetts. I don't know if it's called a spinoff, but the continuation oh, of yeah. a lot of the same people are involved, because once that one shut down, there was no local concourse, mm-hmm. and this became the new local concourse. So, uh, and it was the 10th anniversary this year. It was. So, there's a, uh, a lot of growth going on there, and uh, a lot of cool cars were there, and uh, we'll, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Well, when is it traditionally? Because this is well after it. It's yeah, we're about a month after it right now. Cause it's usually third the weekend third weekend in July. In July. Yeah. Okay, so traditionally look for it third weekend in July. You know, yep. uh, in it's been the last ten years, same place, Beverly, at um, Endicott College, Endicott College, the Misslewood Estate. Which is a really fancy location. They have weddings and stuff there. It's on the ocean. Like it's really pretty. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice place. It's um, usually the kind of thing that I'm not real into, and you know we, we're not really into as a group because it's not like a budget, affordable car kind of deal. But it is nice to see some really nice cars once in a while and, mm-hmm. and get yourself involved mm-hmm. with uh, little, with that end of the hobby. Give a little champagne taste. Yeah, well, I, there is champagne there as well yes, for sure. Is. The whole the whole event is catered <laughs> and everything. Okay. So I think uh, local catering company Vinwood Catering does a uh, pretty big spread there every year. So. Was uh, th- th- you're not you're not gonna go hungry if you buy the right ticket. <laughs> we'll put it that way. No, you're not. So, is there anything you would like to say about the history of the show before we get into this year's show? Or well, the history of the show is yes, this is our tenth anniversary show, which I'm just I can't believe it's gone. Uh, been ten years since we started this, but I was involved way back when in the Castle Hill concourse. I was a judge in that, uh, and when that that ended, you're right. There was nothing nothing in this area at all. Uh, then I was contacted by the college uh, and asked if I was interested in running another concourse. 
and I really couldn't say yes fast enough. It's, it's, the location is unbelievable. Uh, it was just, uh, just a perfect place to do it, and I, I really was happy to get involved again. And, and we did, and I, I do it with, uh, with a friend of mine, Rick Beekoff, who was the other person that uh, runs it with me. And, uh, and he'll tell you the same thing. When you start doing a concourse, you're going up to people going, would you please bring your car to my car show? And now we're to the point where people are coming up to us saying, can we please bring our car to your car show? So tr- traditionally a concourse for those in our audience who are obviously, you know, cheaper car based or car share, you know, uh, cruise night people, um, is an invitation only show. It it's is. not something that you can just show up to it a day is. of and be like, oh, I'm going to enter my car. So it's a it's an invitation only show. You need to be invited there. People need to know who your they know what your car is basically before because they need to invite you. You have to apply. So, okay, you do apply. You do okay. apply, and it goes through a uh, a process where it's myself and Rick Beekoff, and we decide which cars are going to be able to come and which which cars can't. Okay. Uh, and you know we're to a point now we do actually have a waiting list to get into the to get really? into the concourse. It's it's grown that much. And I think the quality of the vehicles and vehicles you just you're never going to see anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. Other than other concourse. Yeah. Other, and, yeah. and I suppose you don't want to have the same cars repeat because you want. We have, have a three-year turnaround. Okay. Okay. So you can go for three years straight, or you have to wait three years before you, you come back. You have to wait back. three years unless you're a class winner. If you're a class winner, you're invited back the next. That year. explains a couple of the cars. Okay. Then. Okay. Yeah. That's very cool. That keeps it fresh. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Awesome. And that's for a car or for a participant by car, correct? For a car. Okay, so somebody, somebody has a collection, right. then they can go, you know. Exactly. If they have more than three cars, then they can just keep rolling. Every year, year, as long as they're. We have those. Yeah, I'm sure you do, because most people who have these blue-chip kind of collector cars don't have just one. Right. So they'll have, they'll have a few different ones. Um, how many cars apply every year? Well, the Versus the, how many get in? Well, the, the field holds 100 cars. Uh, yep. This year we had uh, 23 motorcycles. Yep. I wish you could put motorcycles anywhere. Yeah. No, uh, but actually, 100 I, cars yeah. is pretty much the limit, and we'll usually end up with, um, you know, we'll send out to different people that have been there before, different collectors. We'll send out invitations to them, uh, and we'll end up with maybe a dozen cars on the waiting list. Okay, so you have 112 cars. 112, applied. 115, yeah. whatever. In case you need alternates. or So far, yeah. yeah. Is there anybody that tries to apply every year and keeps getting rejected? <laughs> Other than me, obviously, we, with my we, we, we have had a couple of cars we've had to say, you know, you, you were here last year. but would, And people understand. I mean, the, they know how it works. Would the concourse be improved by a Dodge Colt? <laughs> that would probably chase people away. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think it would chase people away if it was one Dodge Colt. I think people would say, like, apparently one of the catering employees got their car parked back here or something. Well, I'll tell you, when, when you do your 100-point your concourse restoration on your Colt, I'll be happy to have it there. You laugh. I would. I'm, I would absolutely have it there. All right. Anyway, it's on record. <laughs> it's on record. Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait now because, and he's well aware that I have a '74 sedan with 10,000 original miles on it. I, I would absolutely have but that it has car. Been concourse the show. though, and it will be. So yeah. we'll, we'll bring it there. I'm good. Anyway. Um, but unfortunately, it'll be in the wrong side of the country by that point, so it'll have to get shipped here, and I'll just go to Pebble Beach. They'll accept me anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, the lemon show. <laughs> Shh, Andrew, stop it. Um, okay, so 12 cars don't get in a year. I'm surprised there aren't more, actually. Well, it's grown, because last year was actually the first year that we had a waiting list. I think, I, I think maybe my question wasn't quite 
exactly that. It was how many cars do you get that it's just like that car is not good enough to come to the show. Ah, okay. That's more the question. Okay. Um, and you don't have to be specific because you don't call anybody out. Yeah, it's, you know. But I mean, like if I apply with my Dodge Colt, which obviously I'm not going to, and I'm not your son, um, what what do you what do? you do? How many of those do you get a year? Because there's only 112 people applying. That surprises me based on how big the show is. It's like just enough mm-hmm. people apply. Yeah, it's, but we'll we'll get. It's more than that because we will get several cars. We just gotta say, I'm sorry. It's just that's your car is crap, and you have to call. <laughs> Not like that. Oh, no, okay. it's just you know. In your head, you say it like you, that. You gotta be. You gotta be politically correct. Oh, I'm, of course you do, but so we do get a few every year. So absolutely. You, okay. Oh, absolutely. But that's you're also kind of doing a lot of curating and inviting, so you're not really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But any, but just like anything, as something grows, the first time you go to something, if I'm just a Joe Schmo off the street that sees this car show, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to have my car in that. And I go home and I get my Bondo Bucket, you know, 73 Camaro, and I call you up like, hey, I'm ready to come to your show. You know, I'm surprised there's not more of that. That's yeah, all. We've had people come to the gate and try to you know, drive in. I want to bring my car to the show. Yeah, I've, been like, that. I've seen that before. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. So that's something that I would like to actually bring up as maybe off the air. No, I'll do it right now anyway. <laughs> um, I remember the Missile, not Missilewood, the Castle, Castle Hill. Hill, the Castle Hill Concord Elegance. They had a separate parking area yep. specifically for vintage cars that were not in the concourse. Right. So you had the concourse itself, and then you had the anybody can bring their vintage car, mm-hmm. 1978 and down, whatever year it happened to be at the time, yep. mm-hmm. and park in the separate area, and it was adjacent to but not part of. And I don't think it took anything away from the concourse. Oh, not at all. And I think it brought a lot more to the concourse. They had the space to do it. I think you guys would too if you did that secondary parking area down the side or across the street where there were no cars parked at all this year. That's a possibility. We, yeah. we have had uh, collector car parking before in both those spots you're talking about. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's something we're going to try and do again. We couldn't this year, and that's the, the beach lot, we call it, mm-hmm. uh, because they were doing construction over there. And um, the other one, the new building, is across the street from... Yeah, from it just, it just seems like one of those things where, like, I went to the show. Obviously, I go to support you every year. Um, but it's also the same weekend as the New England Forest Rally, or it was up until I think they changed that. They shifted year. it this year, thankfully, yeah. or for twenty twenty. Yeah, because of the hill climb. Perfect. Well, when's the hill climb? The weekend of Islewood? No, so we're not no, better? it's oh, okay. <laughs> the hill climb is like the end of June, June I think. Don't okay. quote me on that, but I I know the reasoning was that they want to give people more space between the two events, the competitors of these. Because it's a lot of crossover between hill climb and, oh, and EFR. All right. So that little aside so, there. Anyway, I do know that I, I ran home from the middle of nowhere, Maine, to make it to the the, the, the concourse. And in between that, I, I, like, I ran back to the house and changed cars. Cause I got all excited to bring my old car because I'll park in the old car parking area. And there wasn't really one. And that kind of was a little bit of a bummer to me. And it's just a suggestion that I have for the future. We're working on it. Anyway. Anyway, so how many classes are there in the show? I believe it was 13. I can tell you right now. I think it's more than that. There were 17 classes. So there's 17 classes. Right. And well, is that first through third? First and second. First and second. Yeah, okay. this year here we added uh, some things. We added uh, competition and racing class. Actually, we had a couple of them. Uh, there were a couple of motorcycle classes. Uh, we featured Italian 
uh, classics this year in uh, two different classes and also a vintage truck, which we never had before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of vintage trucks there this year that were really neat. They really were. Yeah. That, uh, the, the 24 Aaron's Fox fire truck was just yeah. ridiculously nice. Yeah, I sent a picture of that to you, Andrew. We can put that up on the mm-hmm. on the Instagram page mm-hmm. later. It's just a giant piece of polished brass, basically. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. Brass and gold leaf. And the thing is the size of... Uh, you know, thirty foot straight job. Like it's yeah. a huge truck. Yeah. It's not small, and it's it's two people like way up high in the middle of it. And he <laughs> drives it. The guy, the guy drives it. Yeah, it's really cool looking. And there was a uh, U.S. Postal Service truck too. That was. Yeah. I think those are the only two yeah. truck that, trucks. That fire truck pickup. was was shipped down from the central part of New Hampshire. Uh, came down in a flatbed truck, mm-hmm. and I talked to the fire chief in Manchester by the sea to mm-hmm. see if we could just store it there for a few days. And he was ecstatic to have it there for oh, as really? long as we wanted to keep it. That's really cool. So it was stored right there. We stored it right next the town over station. from where it was. Yeah, sure it was. That's really cool. I bet the fire department there and all the guys probably loved looking. Oh, at they that loved thing. it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And I'm wondering how to use it because it's probably <laughs> completely foreign to them. <laughs> Be like showing a new computer guy. Be like, all right, now run a DOS program. Uh, I don't know. That's cool, though. Um, so 17 classes, two awards per class. Correct. 100 cars. And special awards, too. So you get a pretty good chance of bringing home some hardware if you have your car there and you're in the right class. Well, you get true. And you got to understand, yeah. too, that when it comes to a concourse, the cars that are in this concourse, any car, pretty much any car in the concourse, would win at any local show. But you're, you're putting these cars up against some of the best in the world and the best in the, you know, the best there are. Yeah, because cars come from all over the country for the show, correct? Right. I had, yeah, absolutely. Because I go ahead, Andrew. Do you have different things for restored versus unrestored, or do you? It's all the same. We do have a an award for unrestored. But within class, there's no definition. Within class, there is none. Okay, so something that, say, a, a Ferrari that's completely unrestored, full race history, Enzo Ferrari licked the steering wheel. It's like that's that that's might gonna w- win. That's gonna <laughs> win, yeah. Versus like a a hundred point concourse of something else, possibly like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean that happened at Castle Hill one of the last years we had it there, and I'll, I'll never forget the car because it was probably the most historically significant car I'd ever seen in my life, and. It was a 1934 Maserati, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the car won the world championship in 1934, driven by Tazio Nuvolari, which mm. was cool enough in itself. But yep. the whole thing with the car was it was the head of the the, the uh, team that year was I'm sorry not Maserati I meant Alfa Romeo I'm sorry yep. um, the head of the team that year was Enzo Ferrari. Yeah. And the success of that car, the fact that that one particular car won the world championship, afforded Enzo Ferrari the opportunity to start his own car company. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm talking to one of the other judges, and I'm standing in front of the car going, you know, do you realize the significance of that car right there? If it wasn't for that car right there, that one, not one like it, but that one, there may be no Ferrari. Hmm. You know, and it's 90 degrees out, and I'm talking to him, and I got goosebumps up and down my arms. <laughs> It's kind of like meeting a rock star. Yeah. No, that's cool. Because then it's like, um, you know, that specific car. And then that's the other thing to think about. That car survived somewhere in Europe all through the war, hidden away somewhere. Yeah. And all through till now without somebody messing with it or restoring it or anything. So that's that's what's really cool about it. It's almost like somebody new. That's why the classes, when I I did these classes up, um, they're all whatever they might be, pre-war, post-war, they're called classic and significant. 
because a, a car that's historically significant can win over a car that's that's better restored. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, because like that. it's more important. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every car is important for its history of somewhere, but this car is more important than next because it was X Y Z. So it's more important than the hundred point mm-hmm. car next to it, which I'm sure makes for some interesting conversations with car owners after the event as well. Most of them, most of these people understand. Okay. Most of them. Because mm-hmm. I know in my experience with car shows and judges and tro- judging and trophies, that's usually the hard part at the end when somebody feels slighted because they feel mm-hmm. their car is better than somebody else's. Yeah. yeah. Which is but, always annoying. But I, I think, like what Bob says, when you get to this level, people understand that like a significant car is a significant car. It's yeah. Which is why you turn away those people at the gate, and you turn yeah. away those people that don't have the right car and don't have the right attitude. Yeah. So. Well, I'm sure like, you're talking about that mail truck that was just absolutely incredible. I'm sure when he walked in and, and parked his vehicle and he said, looked at that fire truck and said, yeah, okay, this, that's going to be me. Right. It has more presence by far. Absolutely. I mean, I mean that, and that... Mail truck was perfect. It was really it was nice. But the fire truck was also perfect and also was covered in polished brass. <laughs> so <laughs> and it's like, gold leaf. I mean, it's, it's hey, ooh, shiny things. I see a and picture of the mail truck, but what was the mail truck? Do you know the... The m- Model AA Ford, I believe. But it's pre-World War One, or is it... World, it's no, like... It, World War One era. World War One era. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a Grumman... We're not talking about a Grumman mail truck. No, it's like it's a wooden-bodied... Pre-World War Two. It was 1931. Oh, was it that late? Yeah, 1931 Model okay. AA. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool looking. Look at the picture. It's really cool looking. It's got like a giant. The whole bed is the whole like enclosed truck body is like wood. It's not sheet metal at all, and it's super shiny green, and it's really nice. It has all cool war bonds like stuff on it. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really neat looking vehicle. Um, But yeah, so he would win his class anywhere except when he shows up at a concourse, and then Aaron's Fox is up there and just has more more presence, more in your face. Yeah, so there, there was a Studebaker pickup that was a two-tone oh, green. It was absolutely yeah. gorgeous, but you know he didn't even place. Yeah. So did you say there was pre-war like regular car, pre-war race cars, pre-war? Yeah, they, they the classes they start they start with um, a brass, brass and nickel plate okay. cars, and that goes through 1925, and then you know classic and significant through 1930, and then there's so many 31s and 32s they're in their own class. Uh, and then you know, pre-war goes up through uh, through '42. That's when they start building American cars at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get into sports cars. There were um, two classes of sports cars you know, through '59 and then '60 to '74. And then we get into you know the post-war cars up through and then up through '59, through '69. After that. Um, and then from 1970, then then we get into muscle cars, the competition and racing cars, and uh, motorcycles, post-war motorcycles. And this year we we had the Italian classics, two classes of those. Cool. Um, what was the probably doesn't have to be this year, but what out of the ten years, what was the oldest car you've had? Uh, Hard hitting question. It, it is. I'm trying to think of well, what. What was the scene car this year? That was not a scene car, but the, the hand crank car. That was Renault. a 1907 Renault. Okay, um, pretty old. No, <laughs> is that a Renault? I don't know. I'm, try- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it was. It was a Renault. Yeah, that was a, was a blue Renault. Uh, I'm just trying to yeah, think. Yeah, 1907. It was, that was the Vanderbilt Racer. Oh, Vanderbilt. Okay, the yeah. other car was a No, what was it the race car? What was the race car that was there? That was the Lorraine Dietrich. That was the Lamar car. Yeah, the winner in 1925. The winner in 1925. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. 
It was very cool. That's a pretty significant car. So, yeah, yeah. I remember the 1907 being there. There was an electric car last year that was done in that same era. Yeah. I don't remember. He brought another electric car. The same guy. Mm-hmm. Has, he had the Detroit electric, and he brought another one this year that he won with. 1901 Tesla? <laughs> yes. <laughs> pretty much. The uh, No, I just remember because when we went to the Crawford uh, Museum, they had, uh, I think it was a car from like 1896. It was like That was like the oldest car I've ever seen. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they didn't happen a yeah. couple years before that. Yeah, it yeah. was. Owl's Head um, Museum, who's a it's a great museum up in Owl's Head, Maine. Great bunch of people. They're all, they're there every year, and they did bring a, a patent motor wagon one year. A gen, no, not genuine one. It was a kit, though. Right? It was a, a it was a replica, yeah. yeah. But it was That's just kind of cool in itself. It though. was very cool. Yeah. What well, year is that? Eighteen. Eighteen ninety nine, I believe. Huh. So very it's still cool. newer than. That's modern compared to the one at the, <laughs> the museum in Ohio. Yeah. Because again. Yeah. At the at the infancy of any industry, every year is like leaps and bounds mm-hmm. of change, and it was crazy because they had like the eighteen ninety six next to the eighteen ninety eight next to the nineteen oh three, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the car is like recognizable as a car. Yeah. <laughs> so it really, that's a cool museum if you ever get a chance. Anybody to go to that, the uh, Crawford Auto Aviation Museum in Cleveland. Um, we went during the Radwood exhibit, but. The regular museum itself is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know we we did have a 1903 Oakland one year that I believe took best in show. Hmm. Okay, so that would probably be the probably the oldest. Probably the oldest. Hmm. That's interesting. It just like it, it. I thought of this the other day because the there was a local show we had in Salem, um, and there was a 1920T, and I was like, oh, that thing is nearly a hundred years old. It's 99 years old. Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and Pat Motorwagon was 1885. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was a little earlier than that. Yeah. All right, cool. And it is crazy to think that there are cars now in existence that are 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Because when we first started getting into cars, the cars were a 100-year-old car. was like there were, like the Pat Motorwagon, but it's not really a car. It's a mm-hmm. park bench with metal wheels on it. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is. It wasn't much of a... I think they're wooden wheels. <laughs> uh, no, no. They were probably metal spokes. They're, they're, they're thin metal spokes. Yeah. Like bicycle wheels. Like big, big bicycle wheels. Uh, but anyway, um, so it is crazy to think that a 100-year-old car could now be driven like in traffic. Like You could have, you could have a 1919 Ford, and you could drive it to the store. Yeah. And it's 100 years old. Yeah. That's, that's kind of mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people that appreciate them, unfortunately, are also 100 years old. <laughs> so there aren't that, yeah. like, like a, a, a good friend of the show found in a field... Last week, a uh, 1926, I think it was 26? 28. 28, Essex. Essex. And the car looks like at one point it was restored and nice or all original and driven nice. Yeah. And It was restored in the 50s probably. Probably. <laughs> and then whoever owned it passed away, and then whoever got it parked it in the field, and now it's just falling apart in the field, yeah. even though it was appreciated for 90 years. Like, the guy's 90 years old, and somebody's just letting it rot in the field now. Hmm. And that just, I don't know, makes me tear up a little bit. Yeah pulls at my emotional heartstrings. <laughs> so and that the the problem is people don't want those cars anymore. I want them. Well yeah, you're 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 in a you're unique. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> listen. Strange. I need a car to go I need a car to go to the concourse with the one that my Colt in, so <laughs> if I had an all original Survivor twenty eight SX I think I'd probably get in. Yeah you would. Yeah see we we've had some <laughs> 
some uh, original vehicles. We had a Model T in there that was absolutely stone original, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a little rough around the edges, but, I mean, it was original. It's 100 years old. Yeah. yeah. You're amazing. not 100 years old, and you're rough around the edges. Yeah, I'm rough around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so am I, so I'm not making mm-hmm. fun of you too bad, but um, co- sports and competition cars, that's obviously my favorite part of this whole thing. Yep. Um, what defines a sports and competition car for the show? Does it have to be an actual race-used car? Can it be a car that was modified to be a race car but never raced? Can it be a car that was modified in 2008 and turned into a race car? To answer your questions, yes. Okay. Um, the cars we had this year were all uh, legit uh, race cars. Had, some had history, some didn't have much of a history. Okay. But they were turned into race cars in 1952 were, or whatever they they were not, built. They were not you know, made into race cars last year. Okay. But you would allow that, though? Um, I'm calling one particular car into question because there was one car there this year that was kind of that. And I wasn't sure what class it was in. Which one was the that? The Volvo. Oh, that wasn't on sports and competition. That was in sports cars. Okay. See, there's, there's this, the sports cars class. And I, I, I know that. That's why I was trying to define where the, the line is because that's a P1800. Yep. Um, it's a beautiful car. It's gorgeous. But it was built into a race car not a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a full race car. I mean, it's yeah. full cage, full race seats, full harnesses. It's still street driven, but that's the nature of race cars back in that era. Um, but it's a full race car. So I knew it wasn't in a race car class. And I was kind of curious where that line yeah, he was drawn. He was not in the competition class. He was in the sports car class. Having seen the car, would you have put it in the competition class? I, I had my choice. Okay. And, and I, I put it in the sports car class. Okay. So why is that? Because it wasn't a competition car. It didn't. It didn't. It was not a competitive <laughs> car. Historically, right? Right. Yeah. But that's what I mean. That's yeah, a, it, so a car has to it, have some kind of. To race me, history. it fits sports car better than it did competition car. Okay. It just seems strange to me, and I'm trying to like. I'm not like this is your show. You can do whatever you want. I'm just trying to figure out where the line is between like it's just a hot rod mm-hmm. versus it's an actual race car. Right. Because I mean, he races it. He made the races the car. So to me, it's a race car, but it was in the streetcar class. So I'm just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand where the where the difference is and how it becomes one or the other. Hard-hitting questions, sorry. <laughs> it, it fit the sports car class better than it fit the competition class. All right. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Now, one more question along those lines. Is that based on other cars that were there? No. Had, had there been no, other actually it wasn't. P1800 race cars built in 2009 and BMW 2002 race cars built in 2008, would you be like, all right, those are the race cars this year, but because this year there happened to be a Lotus 11 and uh, whatever else there was from that era, is that maybe? That car to me is a sports car. Okay, period. that's fine. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. He who writes the rules and makes the show gets to do whatever he wants. <laughs> So my other question would be, uh, are these cars, are they mostly New England cars, or do people bring them from farther away? There are a lot of New England cars, uh, New York, down in New Jersey, the whole Eastern Seaboard. Okay. Uh, we've got cars that come in from the Midwest, from Colorado. Um, hmm. You know, we've had cars from British Columbia. Yeah, there were a couple of cars this year that had the uh, Colorado Grand um, rally stickers on them. Oh, right. So, I mean, they might not have been from Colorado, but they've been shipped out there to Colorado right. and around the event. I think that, speaking of Tazio... The Nuvolari, Oscar? Ta- no, Tazio Nuvolari, didn't he have one of his cars there again this year? Yes. His personal car. Yeah. One of his Alfa Romeos. Yep. And that had a Colorado Grand sticker on it. 
Um, and there was a 54 or 55 Oscar? 55. 55 Oscar that I had actually seen um, in January in yeah. Arizona. Not January, in May. Because I was there in May. Um, in Arizona, because it was running in the Copper State Classic in Phoenix. So these cars do get all over the country, you know. Hmm. If you if you own a blue chip collector car, you can probably afford to ship it around the country and do things yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And then fix it when you chip it up at a thousand mile rally. Oh, exactly. And actually, <laughs> that Oscar had a crack in the aluminum in the back. Mm-hmm. Probably haven't done one of these events because yeah. they drive the car. Yeah. Which is to me the, the awesome. The funniest part of that whole Oscar story was when you sent me the the picture and said this car's got mass plates on it. Yeah, I said we should try oh, to find yeah. him invited to Misslewood, and you right. sent me a picture of the car back and said they're already coming. <laughs> And here I was 3,000 miles away. <laughs> yeah, some of the pictures you sent me, I, I'd see some mass plates on them. It's just like, you don't expect these cars to be around here. No. There's an amazing amount of cars in the Wingland yeah. area. Yeah, to and, keep, and to keep take them all, hit them away. And, well, and to take <laughs> it off topic completely, that's what we're excited about for the big Redwood show in Boston. Like, we think people are going to be blown away by the cars that are coming to hiding for that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's obviously the, a more modern show than this, mm-hmm. but I think that. I'm Pe- looking forward to it. People are going to be shocked yeah. with the stuff that's, stuff that's actually here. Um, I, I know of a couple already that are going to be like, oh, awesome. Well, I'm looking at this Alfa Romeo that I've never seen before. This the yellowish cream one the with the split window. Yep, yeah. That, that was a 1955 uh, 1900 CSS Special by Boano. So basically, it was just an amazing car. So it's an Alfa chassis with a Boano designed body. Right. So they were a coach builder that built that streamlined body for it. Exactly. It looks like a 55 Thunderbird and a 63 Corvette and a 55 Ferrari, all just kind of like. It looks very Italian. Yeah. But I'm saying it's got that Corvette rear window, the split rear, rear glass. It's got all the 60s styling cues. Yep. And it's got the round taillights like a 55 Thunderbird would have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jet Age styling, I guess yeah, you call it. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, but yeah, th- that was a um, a uh, yeah a coach builder, Buono, and they used to take other manufacturers' chassis and mm-hmm. built their own bodies on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, a fun fact about that car, that was an early use of plexiglass in that rear window. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was talking to the owner of the car or the caretaker of the car. I think it was the caretaker, caretaker. of the car. It wasn't yeah. the owner, yeah. Um, and they couldn't make the glass, the curve, yeah, yeah, tight yeah. enough. And that much surface area to make it out of glass, and they made it out of plexi. Mm-hmm. Huh. And somehow it stayed clear, <laughs> Yeah, hmm. even though it's early plexi. Yeah, that car actually did win best in class in the, uh, the vintage sports in GT through 1959. Okay. So what year was the car? 55? 55, yeah. That was, it looks newer than 55. Well, they would have they would have been able to make plexiglass like that for airplane yeah. like um, canopies. Yeah, I'm sure that's why so they that's did. That's probably where it came from. Yeah, right? they, they were having a hard time, I guess, with the glass to make it out of plexi. Huh. So, because that was one of the points that people were talking about in the car was like, man, how do you replace that glass? It's like, it's easy. It's plexiglass. Mm. <laughs> it's not even difficult. So, but it's, it's a really cool car. I think we'll definitely put a picture of that car up. You should. A, I, have, I, have, <laughs> I have some better pictures of that car, yeah, actually, yeah. Andrew, I can send you later on. That thing's really cool. Um, chrome wires, the skinny wheels. Like, it's just, and it has the twin cam alpha motor, so it sounds awesome. The car's really neat. Really neat car. So, that would have been non-racing sports car. Correct. Yes, I like it. <laughs> Correct. And that's the other thing, too, is all the cars that are in the concourse drive onto the field. Mm-hmm. They might well, get trailered to the show, but they get they drive onto well, the field. Well, is it, you have, you have uh, before the day, uh, let me try again. The day before the concourse, you have the Tour de Elegance. Correct. And is it, 
in order to place a, in a trophy, do you have to participate in the tour? There is one trophy that you that you go for that you have to take part in both events okay. for the weekend. And uh, the tour is really nice. And you, you see some – it's just amazing to see some of these cars actually driving down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's a 70-mile tour. So right. it's, it's not like you're just going up the street and back. So what's the, the award that you get for participating in both? Or how does it – I think which name it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, oh, actually, it, we named it after the president of the college, Dr. Richard Wiley, who passed away last year. Okay. Um, and that's awarded to a participant of the entire concourse weekend. Uh, the vehicle must have attended both the tour and the concourse to win that trophy. Okay. And what car won that trophy? The 1968 Lancia Fulvia Sport Zagato. It was the yeah. white one. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have pictures oh, yeah, of that. It's that. really cool. Very, very cool looking car. Yeah. That up. And again, you see these cars. It's it's one thing to see these cars on the field and and looking beautiful there, but to see these cars actually driving down the road is just amazing. Yeah, and that's what Andrew and I always promote and always talk about is with old cars. Like, just use them. Like, that's why I drive a car, old car across the country, or we'll go mm-hmm. to a car show in Pennsylvania or Atlanta or wherever we wind up going because we encourage the use of these old cars. Because at the end of the day, we're collecting cars. <laughs> like, we're not collecting mm-hmm. paintings, and cars are meant to be driven. And yep. it's better for them if they get driven. So well, that was the, the tour last year. I remember we had a, uh, a, a Ford GT40, mm-hmm. and I, I purposely put my car behind the GT40 just so I could listen to it for the whole tour, mm-hmm. not realizing the kind of fuel the thing's running on. Yeah, you probably, <laughs> almo- you probably almost died. By the by, the yeah. time we got to our first stop, I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't comfortable either because it was like 100 degrees last year. He I'm sure that car does not have air conditioning. When he got out of that car, because you've got windows in that car that are the size of a fuel filler door. Yep. And he got out of the car, and he might as well have just climbed out of a swimming pool. He was soaking wet. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I looked at the, that was with a friend of mine who was riding with me in my car, and I just looked at it. Look at that guy. He is absolutely soaked. I wish I was him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to own a GT40 is certainly a... <laughs> and, that, and that particular GT40 is a street car, too. Yeah, it has never like, been raced. It's never been raced. Which is weird for a GT40, and it's and on top of it, it's like a Golf Blue. Yes, it is. So, it's like it's the a, coolest GT40. <laughs> like it's an unironic Golf Blue. Yeah, it's it's originally a Golf Blue car, and it's never been a race car. It's always been a street car. Somebody bought that car and didn't race it. I don't know who does that in what 67 is that 66 whatever year it was. 66, I think. 66. That yeah. So it's just a gorgeous, stunning car. But what is this uh, brass era blue car? That you sent me pictures of. Brass era blue car. I don't remember. That, oh, that's that what is the Owl's head. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not the Lorraine. That was the... the no, that's the... Yeah. <laughs> the one from Owl's head. Oh, okay. It's funny when you see an old car like this in a vibrant color. Mm-hmm. Because you've only ever really seen... You might have black only seen white black pictures. and white pictures of them. So yep. when you see one in person in such a vibrant color, you're like, whoa, that somebody had the audacity to paint this thing blue... And it probably wasn't. <laughs> it probably wasn't even audacity. Like other things were probably that blue at the time, but you just don't know it because the I world was black and white. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, but that that 1907 Vanderbilt Racer was the one brought down by yeah, by Owl's that, that, and that was that oh. was in the competition racing class. So it's a race because it's a Vanderbilt race car. It, right. it was a legitimate Vanderbilt racer. Vanderbilt. I don't see a roll cage. I don't see numbers. <laughs> I don't. It, see might, it might not yeah. pass tech this this time around. Yeah. I mean, it would for its class. Uh, that 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 was a really cool car, and actually, I have a video of them starting that car because it was still it's, it's a hand crank car. So 
they just have to, you know, literally they turn it over by hand. There's no starter motor because mm-hmm. it's 1907. Mm-hmm. And that was wild to watch, too. And the thing kicks to life, and it just kind of sounds like it's barely running. Yeah. It sounds like one of those, you know, what do they call them? Hit and miss. Yeah, hit and miss engines. Hit too. and miss engines. It's like kitchen, 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 kitchen. The whole thing's shaking, and the fenders, you can't even see them because they're vibrating so much. The guy who, um, who comes down with all those cars from, from Owl's Head is a guy named Warren Kincaid. He's in charge of all the automobiles in in Owl's Head, making them run. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy is a genius when it comes to these these old engines. I mean, obviously, there's no books you can look up and go, okay, how does this go? Uh, he's just he's amazing what he can make run and how he gets everything going there. Yeah, Andrew, if you don't have a lot going on mid-September, um, mm-hmm. there's actually a uh, the Foreign Auto Festival at mm-hmm. Owl's Head. I've been to it before. Mm-hmm. There's usually a couple hundred cars that are of vintage foreign cars. It's a really good show. Um, Gallant would probably fit in with some of the stuff they have there. It's a good day to go to that museum because you can walk the whole museum and go to the car show. Hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, according to the website, it's the 14th and 15th. I forget which day the car show is, but that was, I did that one not last year, I think, but the year before. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about Owl's Head is it's a transportation museum, so they also have airplanes. Mm. Um, and if the weather is nice during the car show, they'll be landing and taking off from the grass airfield next to the museum, like twenties biplanes and other propeller engined planes. Lot of fun. Yeah, it's mm. really cool to watch. It's really uh, cool yeah. to watch. I went up in the thirty-two Stearman biplane. It yeah, was, you're a braver man than I. It was so. It was awesome. Much braver man than I. But anyway, yes, that's September 14th, 15th weekend, and that would be a cool event to uh, to attend. And that car will be on display in the hmm. in the museum. They actually they have when you first walk in the museum, the thing that struck me is they have a full size Wright Brothers flyer, hmm. like full size, not like a small replica of. Just that's the first thing you see when you walk into the main display hall, just kind of hanging from the ceiling over a sandy beach display. And it's mm-hmm. it's a really neat museum if you haven't been yet, which I don't think you have. I mean, you do have. It's not just like. Old old timey cars. You do have stuff like the Volkswagen SP2. Oh, at the at, at Concourse. Wood. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I went off track there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So it is varied. Like you don't. Yeah, I think up seventy four is the most modern car in the show, right? We actually had later ones than that, have we? Yeah, we've had. Uh, is it is it um, like a continuation car or is it? No. Or is it case um, by case basis? Like it, it, if, it somebody, really if somebody's is. got like an '85 Indy car, you'll be like, "All right, fine." <laughs> well, we had uh, when you go to, to the, the most significant from 1970, and we'll cut it off where we think we should at that point. But we had uh, the second place was a '79 Mercedes Benz this year. In most significant from '70. From 1970, yeah. So you cut it off wherever it feels. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I've had later cars in there. I've had later Ferraris in there. You know, mid '80s Ferraris. Okay, I don't remember that, but that's cool. So there's no hard cutoff date. It's all based on your almighty opinion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what I think will fit. No, and and that makes sense. I mean, so this, far as works. Honestly, this 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 is the dream we all have. I was joking about it this week, past weekend at Cars and Coffee. Like heaven would be a Cars and Coffee without a single Challenger or Charger at it. You know what I mean? Like that would be nice, but I can't do that because it's not my call to do that but we've talked about this before that's what i want in a concourse i want a curated show i want to see it has to be special things that i've i don't ever see right i don't want to see stuff i can see at cruise night i want to see like i don't see these lancias i don't see yeah you don't see volkswagen sp2s no you don't because they're a brazilian car um there's just a bunch of stuff that you don't ever see 
that that's and it's good that you keep the three-year rule so there are new things every year it keeps you wanting to come back so that that's the incentive of a concourse yeah no the show itself is a really fun time um and if for a car guy i mean it doesn't get much better for seeing a static display of cars than than a concourse and if you're in this area this is the one to go to Mm-hmm. Um, it is th- it's the one to go to i'm not saying like it's the only one but it would be the one to go to if it wasn't the only one <laughs> so and, and i think that you know we're, te- we're 10 years in now you're, you're 10 years in and the growth that the show has had in 10 years is impressive and it's only going to go up from here so yeah the quality gets better every year and the support we've had from endicott college was, yeah. was incredible dr wiley I, I mentioned him earlier who passed away last year was a he was our biggest cheerleader when it came to yeah. to the concourse because he realized that it was more than just what you're going to make at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he'd call me up a couple of times um, just to tell me that someone had applied to the college from the West Coast because uh, of the show. Because of they heard it from the show, hmm. and uh, he loved that. Oh, of course, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I had something else, and now it's gone. Sorry. Well, I like too that the way you use the grounds, you've got everything set up in a display. You kind of stage everything in a way where they fit and it's, where yeah, they look it's nice. Not a, it's not a parking lot. Exactly. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, the cars are laid out nicely, there's which is also important in a curated show. Yeah. There's a nice, there's nice grassy areas and it's shaded and it's not like yeah, uh, parking lots are like brutal. Well, this this shows. year was brutal because it was just a brutal day, but yeah, <laughs> it was hot. Yeah. I mean, this this is an oceanfront property too. Like it's mm-hmm. a big open ocean in front of it, so usually you have a nice breeze off the ocean. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can't go swimming because there's no beach. It's a rocky shore, but yeah. it's definitely a uh, a nice scene. There's you know sailboats out in the ocean, and it's a fairly high end part of town. So there's a lot of sailboats and boats kind of floating around outside as well the whole time. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the show and. Every year it seems to get bigger and bigger as far as, like, coverage and press coverage and people getting involved and um, not, like, big celebrity celebrities or anything like that yet. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. We're working on it. Um, <laughs> but what you'll have is you'll have different magazine coverage or website coverage. And, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before it gets to the level of, you know, a Greenwich or something like that where they have. Well, it's fine. We had uh, an article that was done. Hemings did a great article about us this year. Right. And we had a great article done last year by um, Auto Week. Yeah. That said that uh, Greenwich and Misslewood are the only two real concourse in the, in the Northeast. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I was blown away by that. Yeah. And and they are. <laughs> I mean, there, there aren't any others. There's another show that we won't mention the name of that actually Andrew and I went to this year um, that bills itself as basically a concourse. And it's far from it so far far like as far from it as you can be it's like going to a steakhouse and getting mcdonald's was basically what happened we went to this this show well yeah it's like there's a really nice steakhouse and then there's the outback right and this show is the outback and misslewood is the really nice top of the hub hub, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and again no i I wouldn't even say the outback because i could eat the outback i wouldn't go back to the show i like the outback yeah (laughs) Well, don't say that too loud. You're running a Misslewood. You're running an exclusive show. You can't <laughs> let people know you eat the Outback. I still like the Outback. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep the mystique it's a, it's that a good you're. Steak. Yeah, yeah, it's For, on a budget. <laughs> right. Anyway, this podcast brought to you by Outback. <laughs> How steak is done. Is that their slogan? I think it's. No, I, don't I don't know. I don't know either. It's steak for beer. Wait, no, it's Australian for beer. I don't know what's going on. Mate, mate. Um, I don't like the Outback that much, but hey, it's better than Applebee's. So. Anyway, um, also about the show, yeah, motorcycles. 
All right. Yes. Hasn't always been a huge turnout of motorcycles. No. In fact, it's usually been almost exclusively one collection that comes kind of every year. <laughs> um, what made the change this year? I What happened, um, well, the cycle's 128. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying anything bad. They, just, they no, usually no, bring their whole collection down because they, they, they have the local collection of motorcycles. Right, and Rob is a great guy, Rob Sarandola, who who owns the uh, the Cycles 128. And uh, him and, and Steve Keegan, who has a pretty good collection himself, they uh, they really got the word out this year to get some other motorcycles in. And it was really their word of mouth that helped bring a lot of other bikes in this year, yeah, including that Bruff Superior and yeah. some just incredible motorcycles that, uh, that were, were there this year. I was thrilled to have them. Yeah, there was a really cool display of bikes. He probably, what, 25 or so of them? There were 23, I think, motorcycles. I guess I nailed that out pretty You're close. You're pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was going to look at some pictures of them that I had taken so I remember what bikes there were. But I'm going too slow to do that for a podcast uh, time here, unfortunately, it looks like. That's uh, all right. It was like old motorcycles, right? Yeah. I mean, they're all... Mostly old stuff. Pre-war and post-war classes. Yeah. Okay. They're all up through like the 40s. That's about it. Okay. So... So on a personal level, so stuff before well, post, like post-war bikes went through. Well, the the two winners were '64 and '65 BMWs. Oh, okay, would would this be stuff before? Do they have standard controls? Is that what? Oh, well, before standard controls. Oh yeah, yeah. Standard controls weren't even until the '60s. Well, when, when the British you in the British motorcycles yeah, left would and right break shifting. on the left and yep. shift on the right. Seventy-two. That was seventy-four. That was that late. Seventy-four. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's stuff like this 1919 new Imperial. Like, huh. it, it almost doesn't even resemble a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's, so yeah, it's much. A, like a powered bicycle. Yeah, and then there was some newer stuff like this MV Agusta. Single. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a 50s bike, I assume. Yeah. yeah. You can see the inspiration that Honda pulled from stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the bike industry was always kind of, everything kind of looked like everything a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the design wasn't as flashy as cars even so it was harder to I feel like one year there was like a Honda Cub there too right yeah that's one of Rob's bikes yeah, yeah he usually mm-hmm. brings that original like 65 Honda Cub yeah so he has um, a couple he has a 25 Douglas he, he's brought a couple yeah of the leather too. belt that runs it it's amazing yeah. it's just a beautiful bike I think it runs and drives it's got and a leather belt like tank tracks like it's a bunch of little one inch sections of rubber belt riveted together not rubber leather belt riveted together to make a belt that drives from the crankshaft to the rear sprocket it's wild huh. like absolutely insane um, so on a personal level, what was your what's your favorite vehicle this year that was at the show? Boy, that's a tough call. Um, that Alpha we talked about earlier was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I was really taken by the Volkswagen SP2. I mean, and uh-huh. if I'm looking at cars that I could say, okay, someday I could actually own one, it would probably be the SP2. Okay. But, I mean, you look in the courtyard that where the Maseratis were, the Ferraris were, um, you know, it, it, you really can't turn your nose up at those either. But. No. So I, I don't think I had a favorite, but it's, I don't like I say that probably the Alpha from looking at it from the outside and, and mm-hmm. cars that I could actually afford maybe someday probably that's at the SP two. Yeah, I could afford the golf cart they used to shuttle people around, and that's about <laughs> it. Uh, my personal favorite was that sixty one Imperial wagon, a New that Yorker, was really New Yorker cool. wagon that I that was very pictures cool. up of on the yeah. page already. Um, but there was also a whole display of Paul Russell cars. Paul Russell was one of our features this year. Yeah. Um, For those not in the area, maybe you have heard of him because he is pretty world famous. He's one of the mm-hmm. yeah. the premier gullwing restorers. 
but he also does a lot of other cars, and he has multiple multiple Pebble Beach wins. Yeah, absolutely. In his mm-hmm. and it was um, we've been uh, working on Paul to get him uh, to get him to bring some vehicles because right. the problem is we were always kind of running up against Pebble Beach. Yeah, yeah Pebble Beach like time. two weeks and later. Yeah, you're right. He's trying to get cars ready for Pebble Monthly Beach, and I, you know I, I understand that. But this year we. Uh, we end up moving things around a little bit, and uh, there's, there's enough time between the two where he was willing to bring some vehicles out. And, and I went down to uh, to his place and, and met with one of his guys down there about bringing cars. And, and he sat down. He said, well, you know, which which one should I bring? Should I bring this? I said, you know what? Bring them all. Here's what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> all you can do is tell me how many. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you can tell me what they are later because I'm not worried about what you're going to bring. So he had a 250 GT Ferrari there, right? Yes. Um, which was a competition car, hmm. the maroon one, or was that a street car? That was a street car. Okay. Um, he had a Porsche 550 Speedster. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that it's like, was like the real deal. Like that, that's the only one I told him I want to. I want that car. Yeah. Like not not to bring up the James Dean thing, but that Porsche, the the James Dean little bastard Porsche, but like obviously not that Porsche. Yeah, that was the 550 but Spider. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had a 356 cab that was there. That was gorgeous. Um, and the car that struck me the most from his collection, because I've never, ever seen one in person, was the, the 540K. A 540K. I knew you were going to say that. So that's a Mercedes that's the size of, like, your dad's, El- your grandpa's Eldorado, but it's two passengers. Is that one of the big pontoon fenders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so they were, they were black, like, right? they were basically, like, German staff cars at the time, right? Yep. Like, they were, their history is a little, a little questionable, but they're gorgeous, yeah. and they're... Yeah. They don't, they don't exist. They're, they're, they're gone. Most of them are gone. Yeah. That hmm. car was actually at um, Castle Hill one year. That same car? The gentleman that owned it at the time, who's, who's passed away since, had two of them, one black and one blue. That's crazy. It, <laughs> it was just I mean, I don't know what one of those cars is worth, but they got to be a $10 million plus car. You're talking right about that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's just wild. It struck me because I've, I've never actually seen one in person. I've only seen them in pictures. Um, and, and I just, I was just. Blown away by the, the the presence that car has. It's just it's so big and so in your face and so mm-hmm. every little detail in the car is awesome. And if you put the car in a void, the car would look the size of a Porsche. But when you see the car in person mm-hmm. and it's the size of a Duesenberg, and you're like, man, this thing is enormous. Why does it only yeah. seat two people? <laughs> what we did this year because because Paul Russell brought um, five vehicles, and uh, he didn't want his cars judged. He just didn't figure that was the right thing to do and I, I commend him for that but we ended up doing uh, there's a chairman's trophy award and we did end up giving that to Paul Russell and listed all five of his cars that he brought okay because uh, uh, I mean I, I was thrilled to have all those cars there. we put them all together yeah in the for sure and uh, it just really helped make that show incredible this year because he also had the California spider too right yeah he had the uh, like the Ferris Bueller car yeah oh he, well he but had two he had, but he had silver two. He had a oh. 250 uh, GT long wheelbase California Spider. Yep, that was the silver one. Then he had the 60 250 GT short wheelbase. Right, that was the fastback car. Yeah, both of them were stunning cars. Like that era of Ferrari is just Ferrari. You know what I mean? That's that's the f- those are the Ferraris that made Ferrari. Like those are those cars are just something else. And again, I don't think I've ever seen a California Spider in person either. Other than watching the fake one and Ferris Bueller goes through the glass. <laughs> oh yeah, I see it in the background here. Yeah, I have pictures of that too. Oh, it's like a, it's like a darker silver too. It's really pretty. yeah. It's like a titanium kind of gunmetally like. And there's just a boring 300 SL convertible next to it, <laughs> right? You know, whatever, <laughs> which is also gorgeous. Yeah, and then it's a Maserati 3500 3, GT yeah. on the other side <laughs> of it, oh, which yeah. is which also belonged to the same guy that owned that yellow and black. Yes, album. who I did not meet. I met the cars caretakers. Right. 
which is a life I will never know. Andrew, can I hire you to be my car's caretakers? <laughs> I, I feel like I already am. Damn it. <laughs> it doesn't pay very well. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but get to work on Colts. Yeah. Well, you're not going to be longer because all the cars are going away. <laughs> Eventually. <Junkyard>? No. <laughs> you guys are mean. To the concourse, obviously, is what that meant. Yeah. Brad's concourse. He's having his own concourse. <laughs> yes. Concorde DeSantis. Um, any other closing thoughts about the show? Anything you want anybody to know that we didn't touch on? Uh, next year's year 11. Uh, <laughs> I think our audience is smart enough to figure yeah, that one out. Um, do you already have the date? I do, but I don't have it in front okay, of me. Okay. But it is the third weekend in July. All right. So look out for this uh, show this in July. Year, this year here we ended up doing a three-day event because it was our 10th anniversary. And I'm not sure we're going to do that again next year. What did you do on the third day? Well, the first day we did, we had a, an opening, a welcoming reception on Friday night for the entrance. Fancy. Which was, was <laughs> it was very fancy. Yes. Uh, and then um, Saturday, that was Friday night. Saturday, we had the tour. Correct. Saturday night, we had the uh, clam bake, which was really, really well received. And uh, Sunday, obviously, was the concourse. So I'm excited for next year because it's not the same weekend as the rally for the mm. first time. So I can go to the tour. And I can maybe even sneak my way into the clam bake. Maybe we can even drive. You can drive a car. There'll be a Colt in the concourse next year. <laughs> <laughs> I met one of mine. Oh, man. Burned again. But uh, best, well, best of show this year was a 1936 Cord 810 convertible Phaeton. Mm-hmm. That was really, really, uh, really nice. And um, Which is a very unassuming car <clears throat> to win a best of show at yeah, a concourse. Yeah, it really is when you think about it. Because it's not an uh, overly styled car. It's mm-hmm. a very subtle. It's, compa- compared to other cars that were there, it's a very it's, subtle it's, car. The, 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 the whole Gordon Burrig styling with the hidden headlights and everything. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a classic, classic automobile. Right. But it's, it's one of those things. I tell my judges... When when you're judging these cars and it comes down, you, you've got two cars, and I've told you the same thing. Mm-hmm. When when you're judging these cars and you're looking at two cars that are just outstanding automobiles, and you're trying to figure out which one is, you're going to pick, you, know, you look at it and go, forget what the car's worth because that doesn't enter into the equation. Right. But if, if each car is worth the same amount of money, which one would you rather take home? And that's the one that's going to win the class. It's a beauty contest. That's what a concourse is. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to the judge's personal preference. It can. Yeah. It can. But you, you got to understand, too, these judges, and you understand it as, better as, as well as anybody, these are qualified judges. These mm-hmm. are judges that have judged in, in Concours and in uh, AACA and, and everywhere else. And they're, they're restorers, and they know what they're A lot of them about. have been in the auto industry like uh, at a much higher level uh, oh, than yeah, most I've, normal people one, as well. One, so. one of my judges uh, was a designer for AMC. Yeah. Um, yeah, He's an interior he, designer, right? Yeah. He did the interiors he, he and like the designed interiors and dashboards. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. I, I didn't find that out until later on yeah. <laughs> when I read it in a magazine. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Oh, cool. Yeah, he never said anything about that. But we've got automotive writers and everything else that are that are in the in judging for us that are just, it's a qualified bunch of guys, and I wouldn't question Yeah, we know some automotive writers that are not qualified for anything. <laughs> well, mm. mine are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just joking around. All of our automotive rider friends are very, very qualified and very good. But anything else? Yeah, excellent. I don't have anything else. Like I said, if there's any closing things you have, and that's it. And we're, I think we're good to go. There is, it's missilewood.com slash concours hyphen de elegance, but you can just Google it. Yes. The website. Uh, there's no Instagram or yeah, we can Facebook do your, uh, page. I just search engine optimization guide to uh, fix that web address. That's a little convoluted. Uh, I Google it and <laughs> found yeah. it pretty easily. So, 
Um, it's easy to find. Yeah. Yeah, Google it. So that's the probably pictures are awesome. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way, MissileWood.com. Yep. Uh, you follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. I am Race and Anger on Instagram. Brad, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at TSISS350 on Instagram. And I don't, last time I checked, Bob doesn't have a Instagram, I don't think. I'm a dinosaur. He does have an Instagram. No, he doesn't. Yeah, you definitely do. You, you set it up one day, and you never posted anything, but you liked a bunch of pictures. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I so. looked at, I've looked at Instagram. Yeah. People can figure that out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. There's nothing to see there anyway, so. <laughs> no. uh, as always, keep cars analog, and aim for the roses.